Welcome back to the D3 Golf Guys podcast. All right, folks, it's round one of the national championships. We've got both tournaments going on, so let's jump right into the ladies' tournament in East Lansing, Michigan at Forest Acres West Golf Course. Okay, we've got a pretty good stacked field. The interesting thing that when you look at the thing right away is you've got teams one through eight minus the seventh team in golf stat are all in the top six, tied for sixth. So that's that's pretty good. That's the top of the order kind of delivering for you. Current leader right now is Carnegie Mellon. They're at 24 over. Second place is George Fox at 30. So that's a six-shot lead. Third place right now is Williams College. They're at 32 over. Two back of George Fox, eight back of Carnegie Mellon. Methodist is at 33 over, so nine back of Carnegie Mellon and one more back of Williams. And then you have 34 over St. Catherine University out of Minnesota in fifth place. And then three teams tied for sixth at 37 over, Center, Redlands, and Wisconsin Whitewater. Um, Really nice performance so far out of Wisconsin Whitewater, 36th in golf stat, currently tied for sixth in nationals in day one. Pretty nice performance. The biggest surprise on day one was Emory blew up, 344, very uncharacteristic of them. Don't know what happened, but looked like lots of double bogeys. I don't know what, what all happened there, but they they probably shot themselves out of it. So that's the one top 10 team that's not really up there. The, the ninth place team is Texas at Dallas, Washington Lee currently in 10th. So that's the top 10 there. <clears throat> Interesting to watch that Carnegie Mellon's got a six-shot lead. Now, six shots over three more days is not really anything. But when you start to kind of figure out how far back is too far back, you know, I, I think when you're looking at Methodist with nine, nine shots and St. Catherine with 10 shots, that's easily doable in three days, right? Start to look at uh, Center, Redlands, Wisconsin, Whitewater, 13 back. Again, doable, but you're going to need a little help because there's enough teams in front of you that are good that you have to get there. Now, I, I would say once you kind of get to those the, the top eight there, that's about where I feel comfortable saying you still have a chance to win the national title. Now, there's still tons to play for here, okay? There's going to be a cut, but also, men are finishing in the top four, you get all kinds of perks. Um there's all kinds of benefits to finishing in the top, you know, four and eight and ten and twelve and and all that stuff. So from a team perspective, I, you know, I think you're looking at sort of that top six, the the top eight schools, other the sixth, seventh, and eighth are all tied. I think that's your winner comes from that. Right now, Carnegie Mellon, who I've seen play this year and has been really good, um, they came out and delivered today. George Fox, not big surprise. There And I look and say the three northern teams of Carnegie Mellon, George Fox, and Williams played well in some very cool, damp conditions. Uh, Methodist is really good. St. Catherine, another cooler weather team. Center, another cooler weather team. Wisconsin Whitewater, another cool cool weather team. Um, So I think there was a bit of advantage of having the layers on and playing in the rain gear from what I could tell today. Now, it'll be interesting to see as as the week goes on, if the weather improves... Do we see some of the southern schools kind of start to move up, you know, up the up the leaderboard? You know, looking at the teams wise, it, it's really interesting that I think we're getting exactly what we expected to get. Now, from a team perspective, here's where where you need to be looking at tomorrow. Tomorrow is cut day. Now, 
Unlike the men, the women are playing the same course all four days. So you're going to see the better teams continue to improve on their performance. Just through the, if the golf course can dry out a little bit more, the weather improves a little bit, they're going to have a little bit more course knowledge. They're going to understand the greens a little bit more. You know, and it's it's like, well, Mike, there's two practice rounds. Yeah, but there's a big difference between a tournament round and a practice round. So I think you'll see some of the other schools get a little more comfortable. I expect tomorrow to see things continue to kind of stay bunched. It'll be interesting to see if Carnegie Mellon can can separate just a bit more. You know, when you look at two through the tide for six, that's seven shots. That's that's really nothing in in you know team golf. Carnegie Mellon being six shots ahead of that, that's enough space to make you start thinking about gotta probably start chipping away at that lead. If if they can maintain or grow their lead tomorrow, it may be tough to get them out of the top four um, without some severe help from them. But all right, let's start looking at the cut. The cut on the ladies' side this year is going to be the top 15 teams and then the top six individuals that are not part of that 15 teams. So, for example, uh, Emery, who is currently outside of that, if they had a person who was an individual who was inside the top the, the top six individuals that was not included in one of the teams, they would continue to play. So that's just the way to look at that. That's the same way for the men, is you get the top six individuals that are not in the teams that are that make the cut. So you can have the individuals who were there at the national championship, and we'll talk about them here in a minute in the ladies' side. If they are not, you know, if they're in the top six individuals that are not on teams, then they continue to play. If they're not, if there's six people in front of them that aren't teams that just got cut, then they will miss the cut as well. So that's how that works. But so the ladies will have the top 15 teams go on to, to play the last two rounds Thursday and Friday. So right now we've got. Illinois Wesleyan at 15. They've got three shots between them and Rose Holman and Ithaca. But a lot can happen tomorrow. And so if I'm kind of looking at it, really three shots separate tied for 11th and 15th. And another five shots get you all the way down to tied for 18th. So I think that's probably about where you should be looking. So I I would look from the tied from 11th, 48 over, all the way down to the tied for 18th at 56 over. That's what we're going to watch tomorrow during the cut line. Um, so there's going to kind of be two tournaments. It's going to be who can get closer and see if there's somebody can track down Carnegie Mellon. And then who's going to be battling for to make it what we would normally call the weekend on the on the PGA Tour. But who's going to be able to make the cut? Um, so it would be really close to, to watch. All right. Who is going to get it done in, in those teams right there? And so and you're looking in there, York, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Wesleyan, Rose Holman, and Emory are probably the, the top ranked schools in there. Uh, so that'll be, that'll be something to watch very closely tomorrow. All right, let's talk about the individuals. We had some really great golf being played by the ladies. Uh, current leader in the clubhouse when the, after the first round is Sarah Shee from Oglethorpe University with a really great 74. She was two under through nine with an eagle and eight pars, which is outstanding golf. She currently leads by one over Alexis Sedanio from Carnegie Mellon. 
and we've seen her play. She's currently seventh in golf stat. She's a phenomenally great player. Uh, Hunter Kehoe from St. Mary's College in Indiana is at four over, along with Mackenzie Toole from George Fox. Um, Riley Suter from center is tied for fifth at five over. Olivia White from Williams College, uh, also five over. Hunter Gillis from Marymount in Virginia, five over at 77s for those ladies. That's really good. And then there's uh, lots of people tied for eighth with a 78, um, including Charlotte Simpson from Carnegie Mellon, Marissa Langer from Texas and Dallas, Denise Pan, Carnegie Mellon, Nihav Vinesh, Rose Holman Institute of Technology, J.C. Rhodes, St. Catherine University, Iris Liu from Redlands, and Danielle Bombola from SUNY Cortland. So right there, looking at those schools, you've got a couple of teams that are outside of probably the cut line, and then you also have some of the other individuals. So that'll be something we'll watch tomorrow, and and we'll talk a lot about who's going to make what and and where. But, I mean, look, the, the the nice part about NCAA National Championships is that the individuals do get to go. Um, so you've got currently one of the individuals leading the tournament and another one inside the top 10. Um, there's another one, Nicole Miller from Bethel, Minnesota. She's currently tied for 15th. So there's, um, as you kind of look back down, further down, and that's where the Methodist girls are. Jillian Drinkard, Ingrid um, Stein-Grimson, and Abby Bloom from Methodist, along with Allison Takamaya from George... Fox University. So you've got a lot of really good players at the top of the house. Um, what was interesting was, you know, some people didn't play quite so great. So there's some of the people in the, the top 10 of the country that, you know, didn't probably play their best. They didn't play bad, but they probably didn't play their best. So it'll be very, be very important to watch sort of where some of the cream rises to the top. All right. So to, to kind of wrap up on the ladies for day one, uh, you know, most of the big big players played where we thought they would. I think we're getting sort of some of the performance that we thought. Carnegie Mellon's got a good six-shot lead. George Fox is right there. Now, remember that in Nationals, if you shot the best score the day before, if you had the best score, you play number one, regardless of where you started. So that is a bit of different than some of the tournaments that say, no, you're the number one person. I know you had a bad day, but you're still going to play number one. Not in nationals. The best score is your best score, cumulative score, is always the last person off at playing number one. And that happens the same way for the men and the women. So, with that, I, I think we're in pretty good shape on the women. I think you're looking at, all right, there's the top six, seven, eight teams that are going to kind of say, all right, are we going to keep things bunched or is somebody going to separate? And then you're also going to be watching the cut line. Those. You know, half maybe 10, 10 teams that are going to be right on the cut. And you're going to get five on and four out, or it's going to be close. So stay close to Twitter. We'll try to tweet a little bit out about that as we can. We also anticipate a, a round two uh, podcast that we'll have, but it'll probably come out a little later. All right, let's jump over to the men. And let's talk about a, a really kind of crazy day that, you had and it was very interesting because you've got two different golf courses and different pars. So you know, as somebody who's kind of trained their eye to look at the total score, that's why we tweeted that out to say, "Don't look at total score because it's going to throw you off." Because you're going to go, "Oh, 290 and 289, yeah, but there's three shots difference." 
Why? Well, because the par is different. So par 70, the par for the team is 280. And par 71, the par is 284. Um, so you might see a team and say, oh my gosh, they shot 301. Well, 301 on the par 70 is not like 301 on a par 72. So don't get kind of fooled into some of that stuff. But again, we really had a lot of the top teams coming to the top. And, you know, I think when you look at sort of the top 12, 15 or so, Otterbein, 35th in golf stat, Webster, 30th in golf stat, really nice position. So let's go through the positions. So currently leading the golf tournament is Illinois Wesleyan at six over par. In second place is Huntington College at nine over par. Third is St. John's, Minnesota at 15 over par. Then we have five teams tied for fourth. It's St. Thomas, Minnesota, and they're all tied at 16 over. St. Thomas, Minnesota, Piedmont College, Carnegie Mellon, Emory, and Methodist. Guilford, who's been you know at the top of the golf stat rankings of college poll in the coaches poll for a while, they're in ninth place at 18, two back of that big group. Then you've got two teams at 19th place, Webster and Resnalar Polytechnic. I'm sure I messed that up. I apologize. I'll work on it. Then, So that's sort of the top 10, and that's 19 over. From there, it only takes another five shots from the from tied for 10th, five shots to get you down to tied for 18th. So the men's side has got a big bunch in the middle, but Illinois Wesleyan has separated out pretty good. So you've got, yes, you've got Illinois Wesleyan at six and Huntington at nine. So they're only three shots difference. Nothing, right? But then there's nine shots between Illinois Wesleyan and third place, St. John's, Minnesota, and a full 10 to that big group. Now, again, we said earlier, 10 shots isn't a whole lot, but what happens tomorrow is going to be very different. Also, you have to realize who was on what golf course. So Illinois Wesleyan shot the six over, but they shot 290, which means they were on the par 71. And again, that's why you should always look at over par because it really doesn't matter what you're shooting the number-wise. You want to look at over par. I'm not sure anybody outside of maybe where Guilford is has a chance to win national championship at nine. There's just too many good teams in front there. I mean, when I'm looking at the teams from from nine, nine to one, you get... Number one, number two, number three, number four, number five, number six, number nine, 10, 12, and then, yeah, 10, 12 in the country. So I just don't know that there's too many. T- it's so just like on the PGA Tour, you might only be five shots back, but if there's 30 golfers in between there, the chances of somebody that's already in front of you playing well enough to stay in front of you is better. So, you know, I'm what I'm looking at right now is, all right, you know, tomorrow, all right, Illinois Wesleyan sort of got the lead. Can can what can Huntington and Illinois Wesleyan can they separate out even more? Because if they do, it could be another it could be another battle to the end between those two, just like it was in 2019. I expect Piedmont, Carnegie Mellon, Emory, Methodist, St. Thomas, Minnesota, and St. John's, Minnesota to to make a good play for tomorrow. Now I know the weather wasn't great in West Virginia. In fact, I, I saw um, our guy Will Noth talking about he hit a drive right in front of a green that plugged four inches down, but they couldn't find it within the three-minute time limit. So he ended up making, like I think, triple on one hole, which stinks. Um, so, that, you know, again, I think the weather has been cool and wet. I think it's going to dry out over the next day or so, and if the wind is up a little bit, it'll help dry things out also. Um, so... You know, I think 
we'll see. I think I'm hoping we'll see a little tightening. There's a chance Illinois Wesleyan could could get a little further out because you know looking at how they played today, they played pretty good for, all around. So if they kind of keep that up, it's going to be hard to track them down. All right, so let's talk about the cut line on the men's side. Again, same six individuals, but the men's side, the cut will be at 18. So that currently is, there's two teams tied for 18th. Now, you will not get in if you're tied. They have to break the tie because they can only take 18 teams. Uh, I believe the tiebreaker is fifth score, but don't hold me to that. They may be changing that up based on things. It is not something that they play off. It is something that they... Use your, I think they use your fifth score to determine who wins. And even if it's like a fourth or four or five way tie, that's how that breaks. But at currently tied for 18th is York, Pennsylvania, and Willamette, Willamette University at 24 over. I can get all the way up to tied for 12th, three shots ahead, and I can get all the way to tied for 22nd, five shots behind. So a lot of people are still have a chance to really get into. Uh, the weekend, as we would call it, in the last two days. You know, I, I, I look and kind of go, and I had a conversation with one coach on the side who was first time going to the national championship, and he was kind of saying, hey, what what do I what should I expect? I said, you can shoot between 300 and 305 the first two days. You'll make the cut. Well, right now, 304 is tied for 18th. Inevitably, somebody in that group around that 300 to 305 is not going to play well enough you know, the next couple of days. And if you shoot that same score again, you're probably going to make the cut. Um, that just sort of seems lately how it's been. I think it, it was different a long time ago, but as you kind of get into this, you realize, oh, okay, 300, 305 usually will get you into the cut. Now, we'll talk more about this as we go on, but, you know, the rest of the the, the tournament, you know, there's the 37th place was at 350. There's a 347. You know, if, if you didn't break 310 today on the on the par 70 golf course, then, you know, there's no chance. There's just no way that anybody's going to be able to battle in there. So as I'm looking at the cut line, I really like where, you know, I think if anybody's going to come back, it might be Trinity, but I'm not sure that those guys are ready for the cold, wet, windy condition. I really like Rose Holman and in there. They're somebody who I think their first time at nationals they may settle down a little bit play a little better they're going to be used to those kind of course conditions and weather uh, mary harden baylor's right there at 22 they're they're a really good squad i wouldn't count them out so i again I, I think you know i'm trying to look at teams that are outside the cut line right now that i would look i would i would say trinity probably has the most talent but mary harden baylor rose home and i ones i would be looking at to go mm, right there i also also aurora is is just a little bit too far out. I, I, if they were a little closer, I would think that they might have a shot. Um, but I think they're just a little too far away. They're currently ranked 31st. So uh, there's a lot of schools in there that have a good chance. Tomorrow's going to be a really important day. Okay, now let's move over to the individual side. So the current lead is there's current lead is one under with three people tied for it. Will Hawker from Webster, Jimmy Morton from Illinois Wesleyan, and Glavin Sh- Shugel, I'm sure I'm messing that up. Glavin Shugel from St. John's, Minnesota, all one under. Then I've got four people tied for fourth with William Sammons from Hart, Mary Harden Baylor, even. Mario Perez Casar, the third, Piedmont College. Pierce Robinson, Washington and Lee, one of the individuals playing, even par. 
and Jason Folker from Carnegie Mellon also even. Then you've got uh, five players tied for eighth. Walker Hines from Huntington College, one over. Uh, Grant Gronka from Huntington, one over. Andre Chi, Methodist, one over. Our guy Rob Wietrich, Illinois Wesleyan, one over. Mark Mitchell, Denison University, one over. And those are really, I mean, anything anything right around par today in, in those conditions is really, really good. Um, kind of looking down the, the chart as we keep going down a little bit, you know, the other individuals that are out there, Lane Roy tied for 13th, two over. There's just, there's a lot of people stacked in here between, you know, one under is the current lead and, and four over is tied for 36. Um, so Jacob Peterson from Gustavus, who's also another individual that is in there. This thing's far from over. I mean, you know, number one in the country, James Michoud, is currently tied for 23rd from Guilford. He's only three over, so he's he's four shots back. I mean, four shots back with three more days, nothing. Jason Lee from Carnegie Mellon is also right there. So I think there's a lot to be played out on the men's side. I don't think that there's a... as I think there's a good chance that you're going to see a lot more people in the mix on the individual side. On the team side, I think tomorrow could be a big day on the team side especially in the top nine. You know, Illinois Wesley and Hunting have a chance to kind of separate just a little bit. If they can, that, that may that may have a big influence on how that goes kind of the next couple days. Um, so remember that since we're playing on two courses, they'll maintain their pairings because they have to switch golf courses, so there won't be a repairing except for in the uh, individuals. You know, tomorrow is going to be really close. I, I think... As you watching the results on Golfstat, really focus on over par. And I think as you kind of go back to when you look at sort of how the golf course is played, you know, it was interesting because the par 70 and the par 71, they played pretty close to each other. It really wasn't a huge disparity. And the reason why I say that is you've got teams from both courses sort of sprinkled on and off, on and off, on and off. We've seen this before where... One golf course is everybody's in the 290s, and the other golf course is everybody's in the 310s because there's just a big disparity between those golf courses. That's not happening here. They seem to be fairly level because there's just enough even between one course versus the other course and and vice versa. So I don't see a huge difference in the courses. Like There's a big advantage to one versus the other. There could be advantages via the team who plays it better or they their eyes but from a overall structure of watching the golf tournament no it's not like well you know if this person's up here because they played one they're going to back up tomorrow i I just don't see that that's not in the numbers it would it would show up in, in the in the rankings where you would see clusters of people who you're like wow that's the best score that's i'm surprised they're up there this is not it Inside the top 10, as we talked about, is one team outside of the top 12. It's Webster. Okay, great. Um, so, I, you know, it's going to be really interesting to watch it tomorrow. We will update as much as we can around looking at the cut. We'll also start to focus in on individuals a little bit more as we get closer in. It, I anticipate really cranking on individuals after the third round. Because that's really what we're know sort of, all right, who's in it all the way. Right now, you know, to, to see the number one and, you know, top top five guys individually in the 30s, okay, fine. You watch. The, those guys will be up there by the end of this thing. But interesting enough, if you kind of go back to our last podcast on our picks, 
we kind of thought Illinois Wesleyan and Huntington were primed to do well, and they are so far. You know, our picks on the ladies' side, I think, are a little bit different. But we knew that the top six, seven, eight teams were really, really good, and that's proving out. You know, I think Methodist is, you know, nine back. I don't I don't think they had their best day. We'll see what kind of comes out there on the ladies' side. But I think, you know, when I look at sort of the picks that we made, I feel pretty good with where those are right now. I'm sort of happy that I'm not there, mostly because it looked kind of cold and miserable a little bit. So I hope the weather improves just a touch, just to see the scoring kind of improve, because though the scores were all, there was lots of scores under 300 today, it, it was more because of the par versus the the making lots of birdies, and, and there was plenty of bogeys out there, and I think the conditions were were very tough. So tomorrow it'll be on to round number two. Uh, we'll come back on with another podcast to summarize in round number two, talk about who made the cut and who missed the cut. But until then, head them straight. Cheers.